Greetings, Race Community. Brent coming in live with an extra special episode today with Lynn Wester, principal and founder of Donor Relations Guru Group, extra G there, and my newest colleague, Stephen Caper, who has served as president of Fundriver since 2006. And we recently had the opportunity to join forces as Evertrue has acquired Fundriver. And we thought it would make sense to uh, both get to know each other a little bit better in this setting, but also share with the race community why we are advancing in this direction. So welcome, Lynn and Stephen. So happy to be here. Likewise. So our audience knows Lynn. And if you don't, now you do, but you, you already did. Um, but Stephen, maybe not so much. And so we're going to start with, with Stephen, a little bit of your personal journey, Stephen. And, and why don't you just take us through, you know, really quickly, your own higher education journey, career path, and then what was the spark that led you to branch out, hang your own shingle, and launch Fundriver? So in 2006, um, I had just exited uh, an investment advisory firm that specialized in nonprofits. So I was already familiar with the space and we knew that uh, this, the uh, unitization and sub-accounting was an underserved area. There really wasn't anything out there. And so um, we launched in 2006, it was first in the first floor apartment of a house I had of a two flat. And so it's two, me and a couple other folks in a small room, and then one other person in Indianapolis uh, working together. We were based in, we're based in Cincinnati and we're, the neighborhood we were in is in Mount Adams, which it's real hilly there. It's if you squint your eyes a little bit, it looks a little bit like San Francisco. And uh, uh, one of the things that we really love about working in this space and working with nonprofits is you, you're, you're helping people who are helping others. And so there's so much like intrinsic satisfaction with that and just mutual appreciation, you know, working with clients there. So let's go down memory lane a little bit from your vantage point, Lynn, because I believe in 2006, you're down at uh, Rollins College uh, and you've got a side hustle uh, I think you're, you're working, uh, not a side hustle, a full hustle in the advancement office, uh, doing acknowledgements and working in donor relations and probably having a window into some of the before versus the after use cases that Stephen was describing. So just what was your perspective in 2006, 2008 on just this whole world of after the money is raised and the donor says, Lynn, here's a hundred thousand dollars. And I'd like 5% of it per year to help a first-gen student from Iowa get access to Rollins College. What happened? What was your window into this world at that time? I think at that point, I was in New York City. Um, but yeah, Rollins gave me my basis. Rollins is a small liberal arts college. And I just want, um, I remember know, I just want everybody to know, I do my research. And according to LinkedIn, Lynn was in Rollins College from 2004 to 2008. I got to work on those the LinkedIn data. <clears throat> Need to clean up my database. Anyway. Wherever, um, you, wherever you were. Wherever I was, I was doing endowment reports and they were the most painful thing in the world. I had to wait for my finance office to give me the holy grail of all spreadsheets. 
And then it had to wait for the auditors and it was a spreadsheet and it had like, you know how when you go into Excel into the double letter rows and columns and you're, you know, you, you, you have to scroll and you need three screens to manage this spreadsheet. I had this spreadsheet of financial information that I needed to get to donors. Separate from that, I had financial aid. I was on banner. So I'm an old school banner head. Um, and I was, our financial aid department was connected in through these little things called fund codes and you connected the student to the fund and then you got another spreadsheet. And then I had another spreadsheet that came out of banner with all the donors and their sexy things called FOPES, which was their fund numbers, the, the fund org identity, all that good stuff. And I would have to take all three spreadsheets and find the one thing in common that they had, which was the fund ID, and then pivot them all together, which took two or three weeks and a couple of heart attacks and a lot of beer and, you know, some, some barbecue. And then I would regurgitate that all back out to the finance department and say, is this right? And sometimes they'd be like, well, you missorted the spreadsheet. And it was all very painful and very manual. And then I learned about FunDriver at a conference and I was like, so we don't have to do this on spreadsheets? And they're like, no, there's actually software for that. And I was like, oh. And so I have been a fan of FunDriver because schools that have FunDriver that I've been working with have the financial part of their reporting much more in line. It's much easier and I can get my reports, my financial reports to donors sooner. What has been missing in our field though, is the ability to generate those reports outside of a literal Microsoft mail merge, like the little paperclip jumping up and down, helping you mail merge things. That's how we used to get it done. And so almost two years ago, um, we were in the middle of all the Otter you know, launch and everything. Steven's team reached out to me and said, we, we hear you're good at software design and which made me giggle and laugh because I had no clue what I was doing, but I pretended like I did. And they said, we wanna launch this amazing software that goes with FunDriver that automates people's reporting. And I was like, well, I have very strong opinions about that. And they were like, great, can you help us? And we started working together to create impact. And at the entire time we're working together, I'm getting to know his teammates and I'm going, these are our people. These are our people. They're just finance people on the other side of advancement. These are people I've been working with for 20 years and, and gosh, they're really cool. And gosh, they really care about my industry. And I was thinking, how do I get these people's reports to feed out through Otter? And the entire time I'm, you know, I like to play chess, not checkers. So I'm trying to build five steps ahead. I'm also building relationships with Steven. He, I mean, as a CEO, he reached out to me and he said, by the way, thank you for helping us. And I was like, who's this kind human? Like, <laughs> what is going on here? Like CEOs, like I'm used to, you know, Brent and JD, but Steven's one of us. And he reached out and he just wanted to thank me and talk about how the process had gone and, and, and talk about where we could go from here. And I was like, well, this is enlightened behavior. So I started noodling on what if all of these things lived in one environment rather than Otter being separate and Evertrue being separate and 
and fun driver being separate. And I had already paired JD and Brent together and they were already cooking their barbecue and the sauce. And I was like, but there's this guy, Steven, and he has the numbers and we need the numbers. And so I just started matchmaking again and really thinking about, imagine if I and donor relations had this from when I started one screen where I could look at donors, financial information, and fund and recipient information. That does not exist anywhere else in our industry. It doesn't exist. And that's where, look, we don't want this to be um, a sales pitch on what we're building together, but we do want people to have a window into the why behind it. And I hope you can hear the authenticity with which, you know, Lynn um, approaches this work and we are trying to be really disciplined as we execute um, this mergers and acquisitions strategy um, that is going to create the opportunity to do things that haven't been done before, to solve problems that haven't been solved before in pursuit uh, of the collective mission of this group, which is deeply rooted in philanthropic giving. And, and very simply, we just we didn't know a lot about the fund accounting world at Evertrue. We didn't appreciate the intersection of uh, that data set and what it could mean to a donor, you know, what it could mean to a frontline fundraiser. But even as we um, started, you know, introducing this topic internally to our leadership team, and then as we rolled out the announcement this week to our team more broadly, we have a lot of former fundraisers who said, Brent, this is so exciting because it was so hard for me when I was a fundraiser at Purdue or at Minnesota or at wherever. When a donor said to me, how's my fund doing? Have you spent it? And what did you spend it on? It would take two weeks for me to be able to answer that question, which when you're talking about major donor stewardship and donor experience, that is unacceptable. And so very simply, uh, FundDriver has two products, Balance and Impact. Balance keeps track of that fund performance and it helps establish and track the rules around how distributions uh, should be managed. Right. Impact, it also helps support the audit process. The information flows into the financial statements. It, it's really that what's important that comes through with balance is that uh, the user base in the business office wants to make sure that the numbers are correct. And, and it's different than in the, on the donor relations side where the numbers need to look good and what's unique about the two working together is we can really bridge that gap because oftentimes there's friction between the two departments. And this work, this system working together kind of creates a more harmonious relationship between the two departments. And, and we should acknowledge, Stephen, that for let's call it 14 of your 16 years of, of, of uh, entrepreneurial journey at FundDriver, you didn't spend a lot of time thinking about advancement. It was sort of tangential and it was there. And I know that by way of the collaboration with Lynn, that was really the catalyst to launch Impact, which has such a beautiful intersection with Thank You and is gonna be a natural fit with Evertrue. Just share a little bit about the why behind Impact and the um, you know why the uh, early kind of receptivity from our friends at Ohio University, for example, has been so positive. Yeah, one of the things we noticed, uh, even going back a little bit further than you know, a couple of years ago, is clients were asking us to help them build these really kind of complicated donor reports. And it, it didn't fit perfectly well with the system, but it was 
one of those things where it, there was a really huge unmet need. You know, this area was being underserved. And so they were looking for us for help. And so when we took a step back and looked at it overall, we said, hey, we could do these, we could do these donor reports times a million if we really were able to pull it out into its own thing and direct it instead of, you know, the balance, which is really directed around the needs of the business office, create something that's really direct, uh, built around the needs of the advancement side and taking advantage of the trust we have or, you know, leveraging the trust that we have with the business office. Uh, and, and so that's how um, Impact was born. It was, there was a job to be done and a huge unmet need. And as we dug in with clients and Lynn, you'll probably uh, be able to confirm this, people spend months, you know, every year, spend three or four months a year building these reports and a lot of heartache and sweating and just to make sure it's right. And uh, this, this solves a huge pain point there, not to mention, you know, the times when you need it sort of uh, on a as needed basis, ad hoc basis when, a, you know, you want to meet with a donor and it's, it's a fire drill. And so, you know, the fact that it's let, hopefully, you know, if it's less of a fire drill, it gives you more time to engage with, with uh, the donors. And the fact that you're not spending three or four months building these reports lets you do the things to help fulfill the mission. Yeah. I'm literally down breaking, down, breaking down. Yeah. Silos. Breaking down silos. And, you know, Brent, you mentioned that fundraisers say it takes two weeks to get that information back. It's not because people don't want it to get it faster, or it's not because the departments don't work well together. It's because finance is making sure it's accurate. Donor relations is making sure we have the permission to release that financial data because, you know, if it's not audited, there's some sense of, well, we have to be really careful what numbers we release, right? And um, so donor relations is in the middle usually because we don't want all the fundraisers going to finance because they aren't always fluent in fund management and distribution. And so we serve as translators for that, but it's also ad hoc. And it is, it can be disruptive because we do have, you know, they have audit season, we have endowment reporting season. And when I say season, think college football. It is from August until Thanksgiving, you are sweating and you don't have Thanksgiving. You just eat carbs and pray a lot when your reports go out and you're hoping that, that, that they're what the donor wants. And it is solving a huge pain point, but even further than that, Brent, what Stephen and I and the team were realizing is as COVID expanded, we in donor relations and in finance lost a lot of our talent, the doers around creating those reports, whether it was the financial person that managed those funds or the person in donor relations that created the reports. And so we are now they can outsource their reports to us and we can do it for them because they've lost the staff members and the institutional knowledge that used to do those sophisticated merges and those reports. And when you lose somebody that does your endowment reports, you have to do them by law. It's not like you can just be like, well, we'll wait a couple years and do it later. It, your donors are waiting on it. And so we also served and are filling this gap for clients when they say, my endowment report person who's been there 19 years retired, what do I do? I don't even know where to start. We are also able to fill this gap for them 
during this talent crunch. So they can kind of rely on us and say, Stephen's folks are the financial brains and the donor relations guru group and the ever true and otter team have been the reporting brain. Now we're all coming together. So if you need to, you can outsource it to us rather than trying to scramble and figure out how to do it yourselves. And that has been a huge relief for many, many people. So let's talk about the before and after from where you sit, Lynn, as you now see the fund driver to impact, impact to otter flow relative to the status quo. What is the before and after maybe for one client in particular that you're um, most excited about right now? What's a real life example? Sure. Yeah. Sure. So but I'm you don't gonna have to look at necessarily, but okay. I mean, just kind of that illustrative before and after. Yeah. Yeah. So before um, this client is a large decentralized public university. Um, and right now, uh, or previous to Otter, all their endowment reporting was done by spreadsheet and then mailed to their donors um, through the postal mail. And it were it was a six to eight month process. Uh, they were one of our first Otter adoptees. And they're unique in that they have a big decentralized structure. So the School of Dentistry does their reports, law does their reports, and they have one central office that brings them together. So by going up onto Otter, they saved about three months in their process. Now they're going to be going, they already have balance, and they're going to be going up on impact. And so the reports will be automated. There won't have to be any more of the mail merges. They'll go through the report batching and creation process, which will knock another 80 to 100 hours off of staff time. We'll also make sure that it's not left to mail merging. It's done accurately in the system with real-time data. And that for them will feed straight from impact into an otter upload, they won't have to save as PD, like the system does the PDF creation for them. Same thing, all the templates are built for them. All they have to do is populate with their beautiful colors, their school colors, and put in the content rather than I have to go to communications, I have to get a template, I have to get somebody to use this in InDesign, I have to do the mail merging. And so they're already sending digitally with otter. So this will shortcut the design process, the merging process, and for them, because they're so decentralized, will help increase their accuracy and make sure that there's no spreadsheet issues, right? Um, And then finally, they get to deliver it in a beautiful custom um, uh, with a video from each dean of each college school and unit. So if I'm a dentistry, I get my dentistry dean. But if I have a fund, if I have multiple funds in multiple areas, I hear from the president of the university and all my funds are reported on in one email. So that's kind of the- And then we get analytics and metrics about if the donors actually reviewed the reports. Read it, whether they've watched that dean's video or whether or not he or she is a little snoozy. Um, that We also find out which- part of the information are they reading? Is it the fund financials? Is it the impact? Is it the endowment overview? And then eventually this school wants to, um, for scholarships and scholarship recipients, have their scholarship recipient speak directly to the donor and show them the impact. So it's phases, right? They're phasing this in. And in a future state, uh, as we integrate Evertrue with the fund driver Otter, thank you, Flo. 
Uh, imagine being a gift officer, getting a push notification in the Evertrue app that says, hey, Lynn, your donor just, just reviewed her impact report, you know, her endowment report. You will be getting those alerts in your phone so that you'll know um, or in your inbox. And it's just, um, uh, you know, if we can get an alert when a new house hits the market that meets our criteria, we should be able to get an alert when somebody in my portfolio reviews their uh, endowment report. And we're not there. But to me, when we talk about CRM and the future of CRM in the space, like that is the future of CRM. And, um, and it's an example of something that on our own, we couldn't do. And that's why, you know, Stephen, um, taking this sort of leap of faith and building, you know, trust and going down this path, it's, um, it presents real opportunity for the sector. And Stephen, I think on that note, you know, we... I mean, before we even announced the thank you and ever true merger, Lynn basically said, you've got to find a way to hook up with these fund driver folks and add them to the family here. Uh, and so, you know, that being said, Stephen, I, I had never met you before. Um, we got connected, I think, last November, kind of December timeframe, and then had the opportunity to get together in person. You've worked, you know, bootstrapped this company for over 15 years. Um, you know, I know that you've built a strong culture of folks that are deeply committed to the work and the space. And I know it's not easy to uh, make a decision like this, sell uh, a business uh, in pursuit of doing something even bigger. And so I'd actually love just to get your kind of reflections on the last 10 months or so and uh, you know ranging from you know first impressions to uh the kind of ups and downs um <laughs> along the way yeah well we weren't planning to sell as you know that we had those conversations we weren't we weren't planning to sell um but what we came to realize was you know this was such a unique opportunity to uh do something to be able to do more for the people that work at our organizations and importantly, also for our clients. And there's just, we couldn't, when we were thinking about it, there was not another organization out there that fits so well with us. This was, we couldn't let this opportunity pass us up. So, um, you know, it was a really hard decision, but, you know, just thinking about all the folks that um, I've been working with, it's a heck of a lot easier when you know people have your back. And, and it, in the end, um, we're really happy with the outcome here. And we're excited about what we can do together. And uh, we owe it all to you, Lynn. So Yeah, thanks, Lynn. For, uh, what was your reaction when you heard that we were actually going to make this happen? Well, okay. So a long time ago in a faraway land, I was like, so... I think it's hard because y'all know I'm a very opinionated person. Really? Shocker, right? <laughs> yes. And when I met Brent and JD, I was like, they, when you find people that are your people, there are lots of people that serve our industry, but there are not a lot of people who give to our industry. There are a lot of people that take, there are a lot of vendors that take from our industry. There are a lot mm -hmm. of businesses that say, what can I get out of this? And ever since I met Brent and ever since I met JD, their origin stories both are, how can I help this industry? And when I met Steven and learned their origin story, 
It's how can I help this? I want to help people who help people. And I run a business, a successful business at the same time, which is my big belief as well. And so when you meet those people, honestly, there are not lots of them. So I'm going to, you know, like I think of Jay Love at Bloomerang. I think of, you know, others that are my rare unicorns in the space. And so when you find them, I just want to hang out and have everybody be a happy family together. And I, I, so for 20 years, we've had this pain in my industry about endowment reporting. Like if you go to a conference of donor relations professionals, they're like, I just got rid of, I just got done with my endowment reports. And everybody's like, do you need a hug? Do you need a drink? Do you need a snack? Like there's like therapy groups for this. And so for me, I honestly have been humbled because I have these crazy ideas sometimes like Otter and now like bringing fun driver to you all. And the fact that Brent and JD listened and that Steven, you put trust in me to, to vet or to vouch for these guys um, kind of means the world to me because I do have lots of opinions and I am a little out there, but I've got a darn fine read on people. And I think that it's the people in the company that matter the most and what their core beliefs are. And if we share core values, and for me, the biggest core value is you're a bigger giver than you are a taker to the industry, then the success will come the industry. But we have to be there for our clients first. And that's what these three, that's what the whole bringing it together means and it also means that at conferences I don't have to hear and because I'm going to say well there's a solution to your problem you just need to adopt it and we're going to help you with it so it's humbling thank you Lynn we really appreciate your advocacy and and the matchmaking and the thoughtfulness behind it and I I hope folks know like we are working with a, a an incredible private equity fund Rubicon Technology Partners they're based in Boulder Colorado um their LPs, their limited partners, their investors are nonprofits, our university endowments, and our hospitals. And we are uh, really fortunate to be aligned with a firm that absolutely wants to build an enduring, successful business, but genuinely cares about us executing on a strategy that will solve problems that haven't been solved before. And so we're trying to balance that um, you know, big mission with big vision for building an enduring company. And we're going to continue to walk that line as best as we can. And we're going to do so in a manner that really continues to lean into uh, remote work when possible. And I wanted to just touch on that for a little bit because it's a hot topic in the world in general and higher education specifically. And Stephen and the Fund Driver team were doing it way before it was cool. So tell me about your remote work um, journey, Stephen, and any lessons you've learned along the way that might help me as I continue to lead the company and, and have um, growing but still far less experience in the remote context and Lynn as she builds uh, DRGG uh, remotely as well. Well, I think, um, you know, for us, working remotely has been part of our DNA. Um, since 2009, and actually even from the founding, we weren't all in one place. And uh, I, I think one of the things that it's enabled us to do is to get talent that we wouldn't otherwise have access to. And one of the things that was really important to us is to um, hire people in the industry 
we want to be able to meet our clients where they are. So when, when they call for help and are looking for support, they're talking to somebody that's been in their chair. Uh, and that meant a lot to us. And I think that's really key part of our success because we got um, 60% of our client base or more of our new clients were referrals from existing clients. And um, the other thing that it allowed us to do is create a sense of you know, work-life balance that wouldn't have been possible otherwise. And uh, you know, we spent years kind of cultivating that and integrating that into our culture. And we see the same thing here at Evertrue, which really has sort of eased the transition for us greatly. So tell me about that remote talent, Stephen. Tell me about my new teammates from FunDriver. Uh, what should I know? Boy, okay. First of all, we're all over the country, uh, from Oregon to Vermont, uh, Florida to Michigan, pretty much all uh, four corners of the country. Um, they've come, many of them have come from higher ed um, or uh, hospitals, nonprofit space in general, private independent schools. Um, really dedicated to making sure that uh, clients' needs are addressed. These numbers are really important. They go into financial statements. They, uh, they flow into the audit process. They have to be correct. And these are folk, you know, the folks that are working at FundDriver understand that if you're off by a dollar in and in, in a reconciliation, it's important to track that down. They understand that's important. So uh, those just, you know, sense of the dedication to the client and not leave a client hanging, especially when, you know, when they're under time constraints to, you know, close this out because so many, so many people depend on these results. Stephen, tell me about your side hustle as a, uh, as a musician. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, we might have if some I, listeners in the Cincinnati area. So this is. Yeah. Uh, well, per, most every Tuesday we play at a bar called the Blind Lemon. Uh, really cool little space that's been around for ages. And, um, you know, if I had to make a living as a musician, it would be really hard. There's a there's a joke. What's the difference between a uh, large pizza and a musician? Uh, uh, a large pizza can feed a family of four. So uh, uh, I'm grateful for, for my main hustle here, but it's great release. Um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. I'm playing guitar, singing, percussion, kind of a utility player, well, a little bit of everything. I, I cannot wait to uh, get out there for a Blind Lemon uh, show at some point for sure. Lynn, maybe we get you out there too. You know, maybe we have a little celebration uh, at the Blind Lemon one uh, one Tuesday. Um, in Come on spirit, down. We'd love to have you. In, in the spirit of work-life balance, I know St Stephen's got to go pick up, uh, if anybody's seen the video of this, he's got a veritable art gallery behind him. And so I know he's got to go do a school pickup here soon. So we can wrap up uh, shortly. But Lynn, I might give you some... Uh, an opportunity for some closing thoughts. I'll put you on the spot here a little bit, which I know doesn't phase you. 
in 2024, when we're at a conference together, what do you hope you're able to say about what we've accomplished together as Fundriver, thank you, ever true, with a couple of years of time and an opportunity to really advance the integration work of these platforms? Um, I think for me, <clears throat> the big one is reallocating your time as a staff member, as a team member at a, at a nonprofit to do what's most important for donors, not doing, you know, spreadsheet work and manual, you know, like manual cognitive labor that the systems can take care of that. And that more donors will receive impact reporting and better impact reporting because we've taken away the pain points and the stress of the um, necessary evil. It's not an evil, but the, the, the daily grind that I want endowment reporting season to be two weeks, not a whole, you know, 13 games plus a playoff. And so, and I want people to understand that while this is extra important, we are going to be by your side every step of the way. You know, we're hiring out of industry as well, um, just like Stephen is for the Otter side. And so we want your stress level to go from here around this process to here and that your trust level in the company go here because we got your back and we're, we're not going anywhere. And we're just as dedicated to your success with your donors as you are. And, and we're going to walk alongside you. So for me, it's lowering the pain point and amount of hours spent on minutia so that you can increase what you really love in donor relations, which is telling the donors what their money did and giving them those stories that move us to emotion. That's my hope. I love it, Lynn. It sounds like in 2024, fewer spreadsheets, less of a need for donor relations therapy, yeah. and hopefully a radically elevated donor experience that uh, further enhances the authenticity of that stewardship experience, the connectivity between the donor, the impact, the student beneficiaries should be much more um, just streamlined and, and authentic. And I, I think it all very much aligns with our mission and vision at Evertrue. Our mission is to build relationships, inspire generosity and improve lives. Our vision is to innovate and integrate leading technologies to empower fundraising professionals through intelligence, outreach, and software. And Fundriver coming together with the Evertrue portfolio is a complete no-brainer and uh, absolutely aligned with that mission and vision. And I just want to say thank you to both of you for your trust in me and JD and our teams and a willingness to, uh, to dream bigger. So Stephen, any closing thoughts? And then I'll let Lynn bring it home. No, I really love that, uh, the, Lynn, your final comment, especially the idea of the, you know, the emotional impact, uh, being able to spend less time on the, on, on the back office work and more time creating connections and creating the emotional impact which is why they have a job in the first place, why they probably came to that job in the first place. I think that's a, it's a great way to um, change people's lives. Yeah. And I think to, to cap it off, I want to make, so I think donor relations is the single and funder is the single best profession in the world, maybe other than running a tech company or something fun like that, but um, don't run a company. It's a lot of work. Um, but I just so believe in the profession 
that I want everybody to have as great a job as donor relations can provide. And I want to take away the, the not so fun stuff and let you really embrace why you're attracted to this job, which is you uh, get to interact and be grateful for and give impact to people who whose generosity actually changes lives and the world. And um, as a daughter of someone who received generosity a long time ago in a faraway land that changed my dad's whole trajectory of his life, um, that is what I need. That is that and so I want these positions to be attractive for people to take, not have them go, I can't do this another year. I want them to go, I have the tools to make sure my donors know how important their gifts are and that their generosity is, is just that knows no limits. Well said. I love it. Great closing thoughts, Lynn. And yeah, just to uh, my new colleagues from FundDriver, I really look forward to spending uh, time with you in the coming weeks and months. And uh, to our Evertrue teammates, I, I hope that you'll continue to welcome everybody uh, warmly as we continue to work towards this bigger vision together. And so with that, we're going to wrap today's episode uh, with my newest colleague, Stephen Caper, President and CEO at FunDriver and matchmaker extraordinaire, Lynn Wester of the Donor Relations Guru Group. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thanks. Thanks, guys.